0: Welcome to Elevate, a podcast about achievement, personal growth, and pushing limits in leadership and life. I'm Robert Glazer, and I chat with world-class performers who have committed to elevating their own life, pushing the limits of their capacity, and helping others to do the same. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the latest Friday Forward recap on the Elevate podcast. If you don't already get Friday Forward in your inbox each week, you can sign up at FridayFWD.com. It will pass, number 180. I recently heard someone say something to the effect of if you are really happy or really sad right now, don't worry, it will pass. This concept represents interesting philosophical and mathematical principles around regression to the mean and the concept of normalization. Here's a recent example to explain this a bit more. This week, my wife and I finally replaced a trash compactor in our kitchen that's been broken for almost seven years. Reflecting back to when it originally broke, I remember thinking at the time what a huge inconvenience it was going to be to not have a usable trash compactor. Then when we learned it was going to be pretty much unrepairable, we were faced with ordering a new one, which was quite expensive. But we didn't. Life got in the way, and other things pulled at our attention. Eventually, not having a trash compactor became normal. We adjusted to the new reality of using our broken trash compactor as an overqualified and undersized trash can, and having to empty it more regularly. In fact, the only reason we ordered a new one is that it's part of a larger project this summer to fix everything that's broken in our home. This includes a new closet door that's gone unpainted and been missing a handle for five years, both of which I stopped noticing years ago. My feelings of annoyance and frustration at not having a trash compactor eventually passed. In a larger scheme of things, living without this appliance really wasn't the big deal that it felt to be at the time. This two-shell-pass concept also applies to things that initially make us really happy. Most of us can relate to that dopamine surge when we experience after buying something new: a new car, a new home, a new trash compactor, etc. But over time, that new thing simply becomes a regular part of our existence and no longer provides the same level of excitement it once did. It too passes. Why does this matter? While these are simple examples, they represent the longer-term decisions that we all make in life and business through a short-term perspective. When we look at things through a zoomed-in lens, it can be easy to give them too much significance, positive or negative. Often, what we really need to do is zoom out to look at the bigger picture. By doing that, I believe we make better choices, especially in the moment, overreact less, and create a more sustainable state of happiness. For example, Is a few weeks of enjoying that new leather smell really worth the additional years of monthly car payments or the unfavorable feeling you're likely to have when you open the bill each month? Are those extra features you had to have at the time of purchasing a new TV something you'll even notice or use in a few months' time? Maybe, but more likely not. Something I've tried to get better at is sitting with something for a few weeks and then seeing if it's still bothering me or making me extraordinarily happy. If those feelings of delight or discontent have passed, I know it really wasn't all that important. The reality is time will always pass. By acknowledging this, you're better able to use your time and energy more wisely and achieve sustainable happiness. Things going really well? This too shall pass. Something really bothering you? This too shall pass. Quote of the week. The ability to discipline yourself to delay gratification in the short term in order to enjoy greater rewards in the long term is the indispensable prerequisite for success. Brian Tracy. Have you ever owned something that inspired you to up your game? Two years ago, I bought a dual suspension mountain bike for the first time, and it pushed me to ride trails that I had never been willing to try before. to post your job for free terms and conditions apply hey elevate listeners whether you're selling a little or a lot shopify is the partner you need to keep the cash register ringing for your e-commerce business (coughs) shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout 36 percent better on average compared to other leading platforms I advise a lot of companies in the e-commerce space and almost all of them have migrated to Shopify. And as a buyer, what I love about buying from Shopify enabled sites is that they already know who I am and I don't have to create a new account or enter all my payment info. The Pay service makes it faster and easier to buy, which surely helps with conversions. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U S and Shopify's award winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash elevate, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash elevate now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. shopify.com slash elevate. Micromanagement, number 181. This week, my youngest son's school held their insect fair, where students invent their own insect, including its backstory. What was different about this year's event compared with the previous ones for my other two kids was that parents never saw the kids' creations prior to the reveal at the fair. After seeing far too many projects being turned in that looked like the work of professionals, a.k.a. parents, and not elementary kids, their school transitioned to having all major projects completed in their classroom. The schools also stopped giving kids homework before fifth grade because teachers were having a hard time figuring out which kids had truly mastered concepts and which hadn't. Many parents were unwilling to let their kids' homework be turned in uncorrected and or with mistakes. I give a lot of credit to the school for making these changes and for being cognizant of the current micromanaging parental culture that has necessitated it. It's clearly paying off. One of the major differences I saw from this year's students' creations was that they were far more colorful, creative, and inventive than previous year's parent-assisted models. The backstories were also far more imaginative. My son's own Firebug lived on a diet of people, fire, and sushi, and he was excited to tell us about it. More importantly, it was his team's creation, something that they were noticeably proud of. If you've ever had a micromanaging boss, you know how demotivating that heavy-handed approach can be. Instead of being able to make your own mistakes and learn from them, the expectation is that everything must be completed to perfection. As a result, you become more focused on avoiding mistakes and not doing something wrong, rather than on being creative and generating ideas that your boss might not have expected or come up with themselves. One of the most disturbing trends I see today in our achievement oriented culture is the value placed on getting things right instead of on creativity and learning from mistakes. In fact, just last week, I learned from an expert on generational differences and communication styles that individuals born in the Gen Z post millennial generation, loosely defined as 1995 to 2010 by McKinsey, prefer to be told explicitly what to do as opposed to being left to figure things out on their own. This generational insight left many Gen Xers in the room, born between 1960 and 1979, questioning whether these preferences are something that should be nurtured in the workplace, especially if an organization is looking to develop emotionally intelligent leaders who understand the value of delegation, empowerment, and decentralized decision-making. For example, one of the motivations behind a benefit that we launched in the U.S. at our company where we pay employees to stay offline from work was to incentivize and encourage delegation, one of the hardest leadership skills for someone transitioning from an individual contributor to a manager to acquire. In many cases, team members were working while on vacation, not because they were told to or expected to, but because they designed too many critical systems to run through them they hadn't empowered their team to step up. Whether you're a parent, teacher, or leader, promoting independence and the development of others is one of the greatest gifts you can give. Here are a few tips to help you make this shift. Give your team the feedback to fail. Focus on what was learned from mistakes, not the mistake itself. Focus on values, not rules. And finally, focus on getting the best out of someone, not the best for them. While my son and his team's firebug may not win any prizes, I hope the experience will build his confidence and lead to more important wins in the future. Quote of the week, the result of micromanagement is perhaps tangible in the short run, but more often causes damage for the long run. Pearl Zoo. Remember, if you'd like to get Friday Forward delivered to your inbox each Friday, you can simply sign up at FridayFWD.com. If you enjoyed today's episode or the Elevate podcast in general, I'd really appreciate if you could leave us a review as it helps new users discover the show and the same content. If you're listening in Apple Podcasts, you can just select the library icon, click on Elevate, and scroll down to leave your review. If you're listening in your browser or different app, uh, you can jump over to robertglazer.com and follow the link on the subscribe page for how to review. Thanks again for your support. And until next time, keep elevating.
1: This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media,